Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. Welcome back to the Quadruple Treble Weekender, and uh, I am joined by the Electronic Tims. I'm just going to make sure everybody can hear what's going on before I disappear from the, the broadcast studio. Um, inviting Desimond, Monte Burns, Hector and Ralph. Uh, Desimond, can you hear me okay? I can. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, well you, sound, you sound great. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Monte Burns, can you hear me all right? Yeah, got the perfect together. Yeah, sounding good, sounding good. And Hector, how are you? Can you hear me okay there? Yeah, nice, loud and clear, Paul. Good, man. The only the only um, electronic Tim I can't see is Ralph. Is Ralph hearing us? <laughs> 
You've won the you've won the lottery, Paul. Ah, uh, exactly. Well, well done, <laughs> listeners and viewers. You've actually won a watch today. Uh, Ralph will be in an Amazon van somewhere trying to work his phone, so he may maybe join in about fifteen minutes. No problem. Paul, well, before, right. before you, de- Paul, before you depart, ju- ju- just a special shout out uh, to you, being the, the housewife's favourite. Now of the uh, podcast world amongst the Celtic fan group, and as you're liberal-minded, up-to-date people, probably many house husbands' favourite as well, Paul. So it's I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Thank, well, thank you well, so well, much. Well, gender neutral here. Hey, listen, yeah, lads. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It really is. Thank you very much for hosting us. I'm going to I'm going to disappear, and um, if Ralph comes back into the studio, I'll I'll chuck him in. But it's over to you. You've got an hour to entertain the masses. So good luck, guys. Thank you very much, folks. Here we go. Thank you. Little hands, this is time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hi folks, thanks very much. Good afternoon, and I don't usually see good afternoon because we usually record at night and we don't usually share video, and their Hector's this turned his off because he doesn't want various crime watch uh, producers to see him, possibly. Uh, so just to introduce ourselves to folk who are not aware, uh, we are Electronic Tims, aka E-Tims. Uh, you'll find us at www.etims.net. Uh, Probably one of the oldest Celtics uh, websites. We came out of what was formerly known as the Dog Bollocks with uh, Steve Clark and God. Uh, we hoped he could be with us today, but sadly he had other commitments. Uh, you'll find us on Twitter under e- at etimsnet, and where you also find on the website you'll normally find our usual podcast, which maybe turn up once a month. And you'll also find Ralph's normally daily Etims diary, which has a satirical look at all things going on in Celtic and Scottish football. So hopefully Ralph can join us to cover his diary a little bit more. But first of all, I'll just introduce the team. Uh, Paul John did a little bit there. So first of all, we have Hector, who's now showing in the shadows, who's our resident ta- tactical genius, could I say, Hector? Welcome. Yeah, th- thanks, mate. I'm, I'm doing for the oldies, the Billy Stark, kind of ghosting out the back post, so I'll jump in and out. <laughs> and, when, and when you say, yeah, when you say ghosting, you're just kind of hiding from view, lovely. Uh, and of course, the man from across the water, as he's known on our site, uh, Monty Burns. Good afternoon, Monty. Afternoon, Desi. Great to be here as well. Yes, thanks. And as I say, folks, hopefully, hopefully, Ralph can join us on what is an, a very special day for all of us involved today. And again, uh, Hector highlighted the great work uh, Paul John has done in getting us together. Uh, a mammoth uh, achievement and very good causes. Hopefully, Sorry, De- Desi, can yes. I ask you, can I yes. ask you a question? Paul John, is yes. that an East Coast thing? Well, Should they know be John Paul? Well, well, let me let me come to that in a second, Hector, because it's funny you say that because when I was doing the agenda for today, I've written the normal. So again, folks, I dare say you're going to get a lot of Scottish Cup, a lot of Scottish Cup uh, activity and a lot of chat regarding Scottish Cup today. So I've got the Scottish Cup and the quadruple treble. But while I was writing that down, I suddenly thought, but surely we should address the big question first. The question that everyone who listens to Axom is, is asking himself, right? And I've written it here. So, Hector, you've, you've raised this before. Is it John Paul or is it Paul John? 
Because I keep calling him John Paul, as you know, because you have to keep correcting me. And then I've wrote, is it Paul John Dykes or John Paul Young? Is he related to Lyndon Dykes? How many questions can we have in, regarding the one? We could spend an hour talking about it, couldn't we? <laughs> I think you could probably spend 24 hours. Maybe this is where he's jumped off, to be honest. He's like Peter Martin McGuire, only he got a decent haircut, took about 20 years off and took his guns. Well, that is that is so strange that you mentioned that haircut, Monty, because obviously today we're here to try and raise some money, uh, and we put out a shout on our Twitter over during the week to try and get people to uh, ask for dedications while making some any small donation helps, folks, of course. And I've got one here from it's from a Ms. Jerry Hall of New York, and she's written in pledging quite a bit of money. If and I quote here. That young, handsome Celtic man in the snazzy Matalan jacket and snazzy haircut with the sexy Dalkeith brogue who regularly appears on my husband's Sky Sports Network talking about Celtic, will he come and do a naked butler appearance for me and the girls in California? There you go, John Paul. That's quite an interview. You sure that wasn't from you, Desi? Well, I might be from my wife, I better check that again, just in case. So there you go. So we'll be reading dedications uh, and submissions from the, the great and good from Celtic and beyond today. But again, folks, as always, this is all about a charity, so please try and donate where possible, and please try and tell as many people as possible. You should see uh, details on how to submit your funds uh, to the GoFund page, etc., down below in the ticker tape. So that should be good. But we'll just move on to the obvious topic of the weekend. We're going to, I think we're going to skip the whole Lawwell out, uh, Lennon out, etc. debate. We'll leave that to the youngsters sector and we'll move straight on to Scottish, the Scottish Cup. So the Scottish Cup tomorrow, are we nervous at all? Um, probably a bit more nervous than with the people. Wait a minute, wait a minute, we're nervous. Ralph has managed to dial in. Apologise to the watching audience. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, Ralph, can you explain that hat first of all? Ralph, can you put the hat on first of all, second of all? (laughs) That's that's my summer hat. That's for when the sun comes out, look. Right, and also, right, Ralph, and and interesting. Sorry, Ralph, yeah. my agenda's going to out the window now. You're raising so many questions. Are you in the back of a police van? Just to, just to clarify no, here. <laughs> no, not at all. But I'm not far from South Staffordshire headquarters. And I, I might pop in and get one of my old Celtic tops back because they've got one after after one of the games. Nice. Anyway, okay, that's neither here nor there. How are you all doing? How are you all doing? Well, well done, Ralph. Well, we're all fine, and thanks very much for uh, managing to dive in. So I'll just reintroduce yourself, Ralph. You are Ralph Malf, uh, from the, the infamous now uh, E. Tim's Diary, I shall say, and especially it's been infamous recently, <laughs> given the amount of balls up you've managed to make by your predictions <laughs> in, respect, in, respect to the, in respect to the Celtic management <laughs> setup. <laughs> but, but you're consistent, if nothing else. <laughs> You get the information as and when it happens. And then what happens, they read it and they think, I'm going to make that guy look like an idiot. And they change everything. So in a way, we've kind of got an influence on what happens there. I just need to put it in the right words so we get what we want. How about that? To be, fair to, Ralph, he, to be fair to Ralph, he was the only fan I know that backed Mowbray 
100% after submitting pumps is doing nothing. So he's quite consistent. <laughs> he was only a guy up at the stadium with a, a save Tony flag. In fact, Ralph was the guy that was up at Celtic Park putting up the fences when Mowbray was still there just to try and keep, keep the board from getting into the stadium. To keep, to keep them in. <laughs> To keep him oh, that was what it. The, the guy didn't get enough time. Him and John Barnes could have been a dream, a dream team for us. But we, we yeah, just not get any patience anymore. No, I don't care. John John Barnes John Barnes was always a visionary. The man said uh, a two 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 formation or whatever it was, and then Craig Levine. It took Craig Levine twenty years or so to pick up that intelligence. You know what I mean, John John Barnes was so ahead of his time. And I should have I should have apologised to John Paul again because I forgot to say. Sorry, Monty, wait a minute. I've got to say, everyone, and this is for everyone on the team, Hector, you'll know this already, uh, we are live on Axom's uh, site, so please do not swear, right? The, the whole Davina McCall, please do not swear, given the fact that it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. We normally we normally uh, record this about 10 o'clock at night, so it's normally uh, a little bit late and a little bit rough. So please try not to swear, so that's fine. Uh, it looks over, we've currently raised £12,309, folks, so please keep the donations coming in, that's very good. So, Ralph, we're going to start talking about the Scottish Cup, but I'll come back to Monty. Monty, do you have something to say there? No, I was just going to point out that Levine took the, the tactical thing that Barnes let out and just simplified it. He just added two, 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 two together and played a one ten, which was brilliant for Scottish football, I thought. You know, it's revolutionary. That's right. And talking about Scottish football, Hector, I don't know if you've been gathering any dedications or any shout-outs recently coming in this week. Have you got any Yeah, I got a a lyrical mention from a chap in Ayrshire. And and I won't sing it. You'd be be pleased to know. It goes, hey there, you with the sad face. Come over to my place and live it. Wait, 93rd fucking minute. Thanks for that, Chris Boy. Chris Boy. Okay, and if anyone... Try not to swear last at all. Uh, if, if, if anyone had 45 oh, no. seconds... If, no. anyone, if anyone had 45 seconds on the try not to swear sweepstake with Hector, you got a double bonus. So well, so well done. Paul John was warned well in advance. <laughs> we were doing so well. We were doing so well there. We were doing so well. So, yes, so... Uh, to be fair, it wasn't me. Exactly. Right. Thanks to Chris and thanks to Chris for that. Uh, yes, and we'll keep those coming in. As I say, we've got quite a lot of dedication. We've got quite a lot of pledges too that we'll read out as we go along. But let's go back to the initial, uh, the secondary reason we're here as, as well as for charity. But the, the Scottish Cup weekend, Ralph, since you've managed to log in and while we have you, because you're, you're prone to technical difficulties, as I say in the trade. Uh, are you scared for tomorrow, Ralph? You had a bit of apprehension when we were discussing this before. If if I'm scared, it's because I think Hearts have got a point to prove. First of all, if they had qualified for the cup final, had the season finished in the usual way it should have finished last year, they would have maybe got a wee bit of adrenaline through them, they'd have got an impetus and perhaps avoided relegation. So they might want to prove something that way. And, of course, there's a thing with Marius Salukas, the boy that died of motor neurone disease. They're all wearing 26 on their shorts for him. And I think for them, it's... It's the day of the season. For us, it's just an argument about who plays in midfield. Well, well, it's, yeah, I think it's, well, I think there's more. I think, to be fair, I was thinking about this last night. I think there's more than just the midfield question. He's like, okay, so Monty's back there. So even if we, if we, if we, 
Uh, Monty, before, before we come to the team, are you apprehensive about tomorrow or are you confident? Uh, I, I, I mean this honestly. I think it's the first time since the, the, lock, the shutdown in March that I've genuinely been looking forward to watching a Celtic game. And it could be just that the, the confidence of the last two games, but I get a sense that it's not only that we've turned the corner, we've a real point to prove in terms of turning that corner. And I think tomorrow gives us a huge opportunity to, to really, really set a tone that we would have preferred to have set maybe in August, September. But uh, and I'm actually really, I'm genuinely really looking forward to it. And I haven't been looking forward to the game and donkeys. We've just been so poor, but we, we've beaten that ground today. So no, looking forward to it. Okay, Hector, what about yourself? Will you be coming over from the northern suburbs to my glorious south side to welcome the team at Hamden, like a lot of uh, people are doing tomorrow? No, no. I can I'm get you a visa, mate. I can you get know. you a visa. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm, I'm old. Listen, uh, I don't know if it was Hearts or whoever, but before every cup final, I've always, I've always got a bit of nerves. I think that's natural, right? Um, I'm probably a, bit, a little bit more nervous than normal because we've been so poor this season. But as Monty said there... The last couple of games, it's just the last two games, has given us a bit more hope that we're getting a bit of a team. But what concerns me the most is Lennon's comments after the victory the previous weekend. is about bringing back some of the guys to play in the final who got us there. So, listen, by that he's probably meaning one or two players. If I was him, leave it as it is. Let the team go. If the team that's won the last two games goes, pretty much, I think we'll win with a couple of goals at least. If he tweaks it, I think we'll still win but it may be tighter than, than it could have been. That's my probably thinking for tomorrow. Well, see, that, that, that brings me back to what Ralph mentioned there. What Ralph mentioned there, but uh, you just need to address the who's going to play in midfield question because Lenny's loyalty or sentimentality. But I was thinking about this last night also. Like, So do you start the young the young boy in goals? I know it's like the one he did. Or do you go back to, do you think he's ready for the final, so to speak? You know what I mean? Or do you go back to like Scott Bain or again or even just ch- 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 chant your expensive Marcus? I mean, there is quite a, quite a lot of questions. For- it's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Lenny asked himself. There's no real thing. I'm a wee bit more worried than I was before. No. No. I think you leave it. We played well twice this season, and now we're we're feeling fine. Now I'm much more worried than I was before. Hmm. 
It'd be interesting. I know, like, you're not the most uh, stats-driven or stats-approving guy, so to speak. It'd be interesting to see how many touches players in the Celtic team had when they been in the team. As in, did they get the ball more or did they just pass it more to Bruni, you know what I mean? Because it, it does seem to be like the focus goes, he's, he's the centre of the star and all the balls go to him and come back to him. The if you think you know I mean? about it, and this is the thing, I think people people get, get, get sucked into this debate about, about Bruni, and I get it, he's a captain and everything else, right? But see the last two games, if you think about it, the new keeper, uh, Duffy's come back, with Julian's a partnership, I at right back is four, Sorrow five, just one play with Scott Brown, although he's a captain and focal point and leader. It's a brand, almost a brand new team. It's played the last two games in terms of, in terms of style, positions. So I wouldn't limit it just to Scott Brown. I would say it's the team's changed. The last Aye, but that's what I'm saying. But if you then bring Scott Brown back, and I'm not saying Lenny should, because I think we're all in agreement that we're all we're all forward-looking people. We're all. I think we're, I think we view the Celtic team as moved on, and we all hope that Lenny views it as the same. Scott Brown has a part to play as club captain, not as team captain. I mean, like he's done. He's became a puyol. He can. He can go to collect the trophies for this season and, and then, then give it back to them. I become a <laughs> coach. Give the trophy back and say, stick up your. Uh, I'm not going to swear. And then that's stand against corruption <laughs> and a brave yeah. new world for Scott yeah. Harper. And we now know why you're in a van in a Saturday afternoon. The man that changed the face of football in Scotland. This is why Ralph's now in a van on a Saturday afternoon and he knows exactly where the police station is. That's all I'm telling you. That's all I'm saying. He's like Dean Hackman. Burn it all. He's right. Believe it or not, I think Soro was was bought was bought to replace Brown. That was a succession plan, and wasn't it? He was brought in as a twenty-one-year-old to come in with the team. No, but that was that's his role, right? His role was to hopefully hopefully be a good purchase and be yeah. the successor to Brown. Like Edward for the Edward for Dembele, wasn't it about a succession plan? And sometimes it doesn't work. But that's yeah. logical, is it not? Soro was brought in to play that position and replace Brown. Right, I'm so. Yes, but oh, sorry, Monty. No, sorry, Monty. But I'm so glad Ralph and I are sitting down because Hector's now talking about succession planning at Celtic. Have we not been discussing this about five years <laughs> in the E Tim's podcast? <laughs> the one thing that we don't actually seem to have. I mean, anyway, but Tumble, I want to go back Tumble to Tumble was Monty. brought in, wasn't he? Tumble was brought in yeah, to, to be that that attack man. Succession, you know, sometimes it's no, sitting yeah. Before we jumped onto this, I looked at the squads for 2017, 2018, 2019, and thankfully I read them correctly when I, when I presumed in Jam. And the bizarre things, 2017, Dembele was on the bench. Fucking, I couldn't believe this. And there was only one I looked at it again. 20, by 2018, he's now the main man. 2018, he starts. Edward wasn't even on the bench. 2019, Dembele's gone. Edward's the main man. And that succession planning, Rogers had this brilliant comment, as much as, depending on your view of him, he said that normal teams have a life cycle of three years. At Celtic, it's two. And I think what he meant by that was all the better players, with the exception of the core, all those bigger players that you'll bring in, you're turning them around and they're gone in two years, they move on to something bigger, or you have to reshape the team. You look at Lenny now, he's got two years almost in the gig. He's building his own team. So, I don't think I, I think you're buying on the money. It's a leg for leg replacement. 
whether Brown starts and Sorrow's on the bench or vice versa. Where I would be worried about is if he changes the balance of the team. And he's done this before. Rogers did it. We all know about McGregor at left back and all that nonsense. You don't want to upset the balance of that team. The last two games, that team was very, very balanced on both sides, in the middle, and especially at the back, to your point. We've got four defenders playing at the back. Imagine fucking revolutionary. Four defenders, and now all of a sudden we look tight. I wouldn't have any qualms about the keeper because he speaks good English and he looks technically better than Bain. So Barkas would stay out of the way. So you, you play, play the keeper who can talk. You've got four defenders in front of him and our team is balanced. The only fear if it's Brown coming in is that we slow down. And I read a brilliant article about it yesterday. So that Celtic, when Celtic play at pace, are untouchable domestically and good in Europe. We played at pace against Lee. We played at pace against Kilmarnock and we looked good. If Brownie comes in and slows that down, you're inviting it. So, anyway, just running Can, can I come in on that point, Monty? I, I, mm-hmm. I'll even most of that. Just, just on that, sorry, sorry, Desi, just on, on the point about the, the tempo and balance, you're spot on. But the one thing I would throw in, and this is a thing that there's a bit of a myth that many on the online community happens, right? Goes around Bruni this and Bruni that. We beat Aberdeen 2 nothing in the semi final, right? And the first half is probably the best 45 minutes of football we played that season. Midfield three, I think, that started that day was Bruni, Callum McGregor. Tom Rogic and we zipped the ball about at pace right so we do it when Bruni's there a lot of the time but I get mm. your point it, it's became so stagnant so slow after that and probably before that most games but the last two games have been refreshing don't change yeah. it keep it as it is Neil please go with it and if you lose the fans will go do you know what you made the right yeah. team selection right yeah uh, well that is a, that's a very good point actually when you say, put it that way there Hector as in if we lose in touch with, obviously no one wants that to happen. But we would turn in and say, "Well, you can't, you you can't fault the manager unless he unless he totally buggered up the tactics somewhere through the game or in some response." And again, well, well, that brings it that less. Okay, so we're assuming we're, we're go with we'll go with that team that's played for the last two weeks, and we're assuming that's fine. So if your heart's then and you're planning that, where would you see the Celtic weak areas to attack then? What 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 will Hearts be looking to do? Getting top because uh, you'll get two big central defenders now. You'll get is you've got Ayer at right back. Do you target him with a left a tricky left winger? What, so what do you go for there? Do you think? Ralph, we've got a lack think? of pace. We're two centre half. Sorry, sorry, Ralph. Lack of lack of pace. The two centre backs. If we play a high line, they're not they're not the quickest. That's one thing I would I would look to exploit if I was them. Oh, you've got Ayer's quite quick but for cover. That's what I was going to say there, but I was quite quick for covering, so you could try and keep him, mindful, keep him mindful. But again, as long as your defenders defend and don't think they're rampaging wing-backs running into the wingers, which has been no problem this season. Ralph? Well, I think a lot of how Hearts approach a game will depend a lot on whether or not Brown does play. Because if Brown plays, we will play in a certain way. We won't be at a high tempo for 90 minutes. And they'll base themselves around that. They'll know they just need to sit tight, let us play the ball in front of them. And if they can cope with that, they've got a, a real chance of causing an upset. So, but if I, if I was a Hearts manager, I'd wait and see what we did first. If we play lags out, I'd just play down the right all the time. Never seen a guy get a reputation for talent when it's when there's just no beginning. To no, to be, to be fair, to be fair, to be, to be fair, Ralph, to be fair, Ralph, Laxalt had a great start in Europe with that record-breaking number of tackles or whatever it was in the Europa League game. 
I think it was 14 tackles in the game. That was a Europa League record. But then he has been that whole kind of headless signal. We've highlighted it on eTims.net a few times. The whole kind of... It's, it's, I love it when you're watching on the TV and you see him running back into shot. As if, what's happening, lads? <laughs> it's like, what's happening? And you're like, you're meant to be running backwards. You're not meant to be running the same. The same. Right, but right, let's get a we'll, we'll half an hour left before we we'll move on to some dedications and pledges in a second. But let's get some predictions. So, Monty, what do you think for tomorrow? Overall and a score prediction, how do you think it will go? Uh, I think it'll be a good open game, ironically. I don't think Hearts will do what, what um, Ralph suggested. I think they'll come at us, which will, I think, suit us. Um, they have a huge point to prove as well, so they're going to be very, very well up for as do we. I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, I think we'll come out on the right side of it. I think we'll concede, um, but I think we'll, we'll grab two or three. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Celtic. Hector? I think if he keeps it as, as for me it's pretty simple if he keeps it as it is I can see he's winning by a couple of goals and winning convincingly if he makes a lot of tweaks and Neil Lennon's Neil Lennon right he's liable to do that he'll make it maybe harder than it might be but I th- still think if he does that we'll still have enough to, to maybe win 2-1 but leave it as it is we'll win at least a couple Yes, you did. This when you said that there, Neil Lennon. I just had visions of Neil Lennon waking up the morning, morning a bad, not like a bad Sunday mood that we've all had, and that way, oh bugger it, I'm annoying, and just start shuffling bits of paper, start shuffling oh, with this when he's finished. Right, son, come here, show me, son. Right, put your hand in that bag, pick a number out. <laughs> Is that my home over? <laughs> I don't, don't upset Ralph. Don't upset Ralph bringing Tony Mowbray right, back yeah. in here. Right, Ralph, what's your prediction? I think we'll be ahead quite comfortably and then the last 20 minutes will be one of the ones where you're sitting behind the couch because we've struggled to see a game out this season. I think we'll maybe go ahead, relax, and they'll get back into it. Whether or not it goes to extra time and penalties is a doubt. No, I'm not confident anymore. When Monty mentioned earlier on that we played well twice this season, it's kind of taken away any confidence I had at the start of the show. So Not thanks for that. Welcome to I Am Jolly CSC, everyone. Uh, well, I, for me... Oh my god. I thought he was going to bring the two dogs. Anybody ever listens to me notice that Ralph's two dogs who's appeared on your podcast, Emilio and Charlie, but I thought he was going to bring the dogs up there. No, uh, see, from, I can do a, I can look like a priest. I think you'll find that's why you get chased out of Danoon all the years ago, Ralph. The, for me personally, for me personally, obviously, if I think if we start the same team, then we should we should win convincingly. And again, I was I was tempted to go with Monty's two 0 or two one. Uh, but again, I think the most interesting thing will be if Hearts score first. So again, this hopefully we've been doing training on set pieces because I think I'm sure Hearts will be working on them. They have tend to have a wee bit of kind of uh, experimental kind of set pieces over the years. So hopefully. Hopefully we're ready for those, and we've got Julian and Julian and Duffy at the other end for our set pieces. Hopefully they can get. Out. I'll be betting on them. If I was a betting man, I'd back Duffy to score tomorrow. Uh, Hearts two centre halves whose names is Kevin. Well, well, well. <laughs> right, right, Ralph. Ralph, you may find you may find that uh, sitting in a motorway isn't really the best audio, the best sound for for a podcast that we're trying to do at the moment. 
So if you want to just roll your windows up and just let the smoke fill the car, that'll be fine with us. What <laughs> <laughs> right. a suicide attempt. <laughs> We're talking right, so about cup final, he's ready enough. <laughs> right, so that's the Scottish Cup. That's the Scottish Cup. Uh, let me just check a few of the pledges that have come in on our Giza Shout Hoops uh, hashtag. Let me just check. Okay, I've got a big shout out and a thanks to Stevie, Tony, Kev and Shug the Blue Nose over at the Dramore CSC. That's over your way, I believe, Monty. They've just made a great big donation. Uh, they want a special mention to their wee pal Arlene, who was out doing a sponsored Kiss Me Quick booth, which was a great success. Apparently, it didn't raise any money, but she did scare the COVID virus off the streets for a wee while. So that's nice to hear. Anything on your side? Anything on your side, Hector? Yeah, we get a, we get a ten pound donation from a, a Lanarkshire a base punter who just would like to apologise to Mr Gerard, uh, the Rangers players, the Rangers fans, and especially his father, for his appalling lack of fitness. And that was from oh. Andrew Dallas in Lanarkshire. Oh. Thank you. Oh, that's a, that's a, <laughs> hope you recover by next season, Andrew. Thanks. OK, what else have I got? I've got, uh, we've got a last, prom- a last promotion-based donation just came in from the Springfield Road Global video, one for the Selig dads there. Uh, they've made a donation to highlight the release of Tenet on DVD, and that they've, made, they've asked me to highlight that's the Christopher Nolan time travel movie, not 10 ET, the new Celtic video, which is 10, the number, and then ET, which stands for Entitled Troublemakers. Apparently, Peter Lawwell's got a new release there. And then, what else have we got? We've got a shout out for all the boys at the Parkhead Fence and Barrier Company. Apparently they've come into a recent surprise windfall, so they're happy to share some of the cash. So that's nice of them. Thanks very much. I got a message right. in here from a from a, a group a group a group message from a WhatsApp account here, and it basically just says, "Don't worry, Andrew. We promise to make it up to you. Lots of love and sashes." And that's from Johnny Beaton, Stevie McLean, and apparently the Lanarkshire Referees Association. So thanks to you guys <laughs> for that donation. Lovely. Okay, I've got, I've got one closer to home for us. Uh, anyone who's listened to the our podcast over the years may have heard uh, Andy, aka Broadsword. Well, he's just wrote in to say Andy's willing to pay the ransom. Sorry, uh, I mean the donation. As long as we don't keep mentioning that he's got a picture of him and Peter Lawwell on his profile, looking so very chummy. So apparently he's trying to change that, but we just won't let him. So we'll keep that in mind, Andy. And I've got a final one here from someone called Brenna Paul who asked for a shout-out for their beloved Uncle Peter over in Parkhead. Apparently, Peter suddenly had to go into isolation the other week. Uh, nothing to do with COVID, and it seems Peter's hoping to get, get a day out on the south side of Glasgow tomorrow afternoon. So that's nice. So bless them both. Yeah, I've got one more in it, and it's from a fan in Glasgow's West End who was asking about Celtic fans being angry and pre- protesting. But then he, he, he writes in capitals here. He's got angry, angry. I'll show you fucking angry. You seen my fucking face from Alan McGregor, Glasgow's West End. <laughs> Pure Greeks. Pure Greeks. Uh, in fact, that, well, got, you, you've been in the West End. I'm actually going further west. I'm going to Paisley now. I've got one that's uh, from an Alex Ray and Alexander Ray. Alexander Ray has offered some money if we help highlight health issues out in the Paisley area. Apparently it's not COVID, it just seems everybody that Alex met after the game the other night were complaining of a sore jaw and bursting sides. So something for uh, the health service to look into over in Paisley there. Got one in, lads, got one in. Right, Daisy. 
Dublin, from a guy who calls himself Desmond Dermot, wanted to pledge 20 quid. He says, stick that right up you. That fella lolls tighter than a camel's arse in a sandstorm. Take that. Now, I have no idea who this guy is, but he's throwing 20 quid in. He could uh, have a uh, but, but Can I just check? Was it cash or was it a check that says unsigned or undated? Can you uh, confirm? We can meet him at a motorway bridge <laughs> off the end. <laughs> That sounds more like it. Hector, anything else? No, I was just going to say, in terms of maybe we've got 20 odd minutes left, right? And and maybe put something to you guys, and we kind of covered this in the chat the other day. But obviously, tomorrow if we win, it'll be a quadruple treble, right? An amazing, amazing achievement. Even the treble, double treble. But my question to you guys is, it's not about so much this season. I think the focus has been in 10 in a row. I think everyone would, yeah, that's been the focus. If we win tomorrow, and we look back 10 years from now or maybe longer from now, what do you think would be the biggest achievement? Would be Celtic winning 10 in a row or Celtic doing a quadruple treble? So, Desi, to you first of all. Uh, personally, I think 10 in a row trumps everything. Uh, I, don't, I don't recall anybody ever talking about any treble. Uh, in football, realistically, they don't really. I don't, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't. I think I know it's an, an amazing achievement, and I know the treble trebles. And it was an amazing achievement, and a quadruple treble would be an amazing, amazing achievement. But history-wise and status-wise, I don't really think it matters that much because, for me personally, everything peaked in, in my Celtic lifetime. I, I was I, I was kind of. Uh, an old enough Celtic fan to appreciate the first nine in a row, so to speak. But uh, but I did appreciate stopping the first ten in a row for Rangers. So then, for myself, to, from from my personal point of view, I just think we peaked at the invincible season in the way that whole and the whole the whole kind of the way that all acclimatised and they, the treble treble. It didn't really it didn't really bother me that much. It became a big kind of more more marketing kind of achievement to me. To be honest, I wasn't really that involved in it, I didn't really care that much but 10 in a row, I think that is the most emotional and the most kind of pivotal thing, everybody will look back and say I remember where I was when we won or lost 10 in a row because we, we certainly, I don't remember many trebles back in my Celtic lifetime but I do remember what happened when we stopped 10 in a row for Rangers you know I mean, so I think that okay. for me 10 in a row is massive Ralph Thanks, Ralph. Maybe a question to you. As I say, it's, it's not so much this season, right? Obviously, we want to do both. But if we look back in time, we had the conversation 10 years from now or 15 years from now, hopefully. What, what would you think would be seen as the biggest historical achievement? Whatever happens tomorrow, Ralph. it's going to be the end of the domestic dominance. Uh, whether it's 11 trophies, 12 trophies, whatever. Uh, the 10 in a row, because we've done nine twice, which is once more than them, I don't think it matters as much. But that period of winning absolutely everything that was on offer in Scotland for four years won't happen again. And there might be another nine in a row, there might even be a 10 in a row one day. But nobody's going to win like we have. And I think that's what we'll look back at this period and think more of. We've only, if we win the treble tomorrow, it'll only be the seventh one in history, which is why maybe we don't hold great stock by them, because we've not had that many. But to get four out of the seven in the last four years it is a period that we'll look back on and it'll never be replicated. So that one for me is more important. I'm not that bothered about the okay. 10 anymore. Thanks, money. put that much into it. It's, uh, I, I'm not as bothered about it as I thought I would be. Uh, 
if we don't get it, we don't get it. We've still got nine twice. That, that's that'll do me. I think. What do you think? I um, up until we for me the most important thing was doing nine, right? Just simply because of the pressure of getting there. And what it does is it equals some. I I tend to look a wee bit more inward on our achievements than, than externally, and. I think for us doing nine in a row twice is just, it's, you know, we got to see it in our lifetimes. Doing 10 in a row isn't really as significant, in my opinion, as, as most people seem to have, have bought into the frenzy with. There's clubs out there have done 14, 15 in a row, so it's not a world record. It's not a, you know, it's a parochial thing, and it had validity before Rangers got liquidated in 2012 and disappeared. So, 15 in a row, absolutely, if we had an obsession with that, I would buy into. But for me, yeah, it'd be great. And we've just got so used to success. But to win 12 domestic trophies in a row, to create complete dominance in a four-year period or three-and-a-half-year period, to do it on an invincible treble season, I think those things in, in a few years' time will be far, far more story of winning another league. Because, so, again, take the pressure off this year. I would happily, happily see Celtic next year, winning this or not, starting again from afresh. And we talked about it on podcasts. Change the club structures. Play the kids. Take a couple of years of just not being as sure of it or as sure of dominance and build something truly special from scratch. So for me, winning 12 domestic, it won't be done again in world football at the top level. It just simply won't. And I think if you're to look externally and, and calibrate yourself, calibrate yourself with the best, you know, the, the set a record, a real record. And 10 in a row, yeah, I just, I hate what it did to us over the last couple of months with the pressure as a, as a support. I hate how we right. turned on it. Okay, I, I, would, I would just thank, thanks. Just Daisy, just, just you made an interesting point there about Nobody really spoke about the trebles, and I think that's bang on. And that, that for me, is why I think if the question was, what would I rather have, win 10 in a row this year or win tomorrow's cup final? Oh, 10 in a row, right? Absolutely. I think we'd all pretty much, without, without doubt, say that, right? But the question is, looking back over time, what would they regard as the biggest achievement? I think it'd be winning four trebles in a row. And the reason for that is nobody ever spoke about it because nobody ever expected anything like this to happen, right? You might get one treble. Nobody ever mentioned back when Rogers took over we'd win six trophies in a row, nine trophies in a row with Lennon coming in, maybe 12. It just was never thought about because it never happened anywhere in world football. So for me, 10 in a row has been done elsewhere, 14 in a row has been done elsewhere. No club in the world has ever done a double treble to forget a treble treble. To win 12 consecutive trophies will never be done any any club in the world. So for me, historically, that's a bigger achievement. And to Ralph's Ralph point, it's the end of the cycle tomorrow, no matter what. No matter what, that's the end of it. We either win this, and that's we, this thing gets parked and gets documented and we move on. So, so, so what you're saying, Monty, regardless of what happens tomorrow, we still go up and protest at the, at the Celtic Park. That's basically what you're saying here, isn't it? Whatever they're called, the wee it's interesting hearing you guys, you guys with it. Like, again, it may be a selling daft thing. He's a wee, a wee bit more mature uh, kind of outlook. And, and, uh, but globally, it doesn't really matter 
but I don't really care about globally if that makes sense. I just want I just want to go and straight and be in the first team in Scotland to ever win ten well, times. Like parochialism that you know, is. It's a parochialism that's ruining us. That's why you left to live in London. Yeah, you're, the, you're, the, you're the only guy amongst us that voted for Brexit, right? I think you'll find, I think you'll find my Union Jacks up, up there on the ground. I think you'll find I'm the only person that doesn't live in a Brexit stronghold. Oh, he's getting said, defensive said, now. He's said getting man, defensive. Look at him. Said, said the man in the north of Glasgow suburbs and the man who lives in Stoke. You know what I mean? <laughs> what chance have you got? The man in Belfast. What chance have you got? I'm going to have to show my passport if I want to go to Celtic Park because we've got yeah. a fucking I'm a United Ireland now. Thanks to yeah, I'm already. No chance. Well, again, no, I just, I just like to be the first. I just think we'd look the people. I just think the ten in a row as a as a heartfelt thing. The the twelve in a row cups is a and titles as a kind of stats thing, which is no emotional attack. It's not. It's got no emotion attached to it, the quadruple treble. There's no emotion there, but you've got lots of emotion with ten in a row. Because we would have. No, 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 I'm telling you. No, but see, you said no emotion. You said no emotion, right? Yep. So I was lucky enough. I went to to the, the one we beat Hearts in the final, the last cup final, two one, right? And there wasn't a tear. Fucking, there wasn't a dry eye in the house at Hamden when 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 we scored that late goal, Edward, and we won the treble treble. The emotion at Hamden that day was something else. So. I, you know, no, I was in the okay. ground, right? Okay. Like that, so, no, but, so, like that, so, that was your treble treble. Is anybody going to be crying tomorrow for the quadruple treble? Realistically, but nobody's at the games. You're going to be in tears. You need to factor that in as well. We're not at the ground, we're not feeling it the way we would normally feel it. Watching it on the television doesn't have the same effect, no matter who you're watching it with, no matter how much you've had to drink. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. And that maybe is part of the reason for the collapse this season. We never felt like we'd won nine in a row. We never felt like we'd equaled or uh, set a new record, should I say. Because it didn't happen as such, because we weren't there to see it happen. And the whole thing's kind of rolled over this season. And maybe had there been crowds allowed at the game tomorrow, it would have been different. But there's not. And it, it's like watching a TV show sometimes. It's just not the same. So actually, yeah. no matter what happens, I'll I'll start again when when crowds come back in. So we've stopped at eight, and then the first season we get with support, that'll be our ninth. Then we can do our tenth, <laughs> and nothing else in between counts. There you are. Ralph, see this alternative take on actual reality. This is why you also. This is also why you know where the where the police station is in Stoke. That's all I'm saying. What you view as reality is not actually true, right? So okay, we've got ten minutes left. Ten minutes left, right? So that's 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 a good uh, look at the historical achievement perspective. But we'll can I go back to uh, Scottish Cup just to wrap up, right? So we talked about tomorrow's Scottish Cup. Looking forward, look looking back. Uh, and this, and again, viewers, viewers and listeners, I'll apologise in advance in case Ralph forgets the, the difference between a League <laughs> Cup and a Scottish Cup, considering we're for this conversation already. Uh, what's, what's your favourite or first or most memorable <laughs> Scottish Cup recollections? I'll start, I'll start with Monty. I'll give Ralph time to try and remember what's a League Cup and what's a Scottish Cup. Monty, anything spring in mind? What's, what's the first one you remember? We've got 10 minutes. Well, the first one I remember... In, in terms of vivid sort of up is obviously the Centenary Cup final. Um, 
just for the, the drama and the pageantry and how we won it. It was just spectacular. Um, I think the Joe Miller Cup final the following year, we were in a very different place. It was also memorable just because of the nature of the goal. It was a throw-in that we never, wasn't ours, and he goes and nicks it. It was. It was. God bless, Big Roy. God bless you. There's Ralph Sultan of reality again. No, that was a Celtic throw-in. Yeah. 1990 at Hamden for me sticks in my head because ironically because we lost it um, uh, the 89-90 season when then Aberdeen beat us on penalties you know, I remember Anton Rogan missing the penalty and he mm-hmm. was distraught and he'd actually had a really good game which for Anton you could rarely say that he was solid but he was he had a really good game that day. and I remember coming out of Hamden I was a teenager we ended up in a pub in Pole Cross and I was the drunkest I think I was in my teenage years and we just had the biggest laugh. And it was, it wasn't, it was like almost a bit of, you know, that self-immolation type thing where you're just beating yourself up, but it didn't matter. We'd lost it. I remember this guy came in and he came in with a big red and white scarf on him. And I, I remember, and he, he, he kind of walked as if, he was like Kevin Spacey in the usual suspects. He had that walk about him and everybody went dead silent going, what the fuck's this guy? And then all his mates came in behind him all wearing Celtic gear and they all just burst out laughing. It was a, in whatever pub it was. So th- there's something magical about the Scottish Cup, whether you win it or lose. It sets a tone for you. For a few hours of just getting a little bit morose and then we move on. And I think it's one of the... Hey, Daisy, what about you? No, no, Hector, I was going to come to you first because you and I are of a similar age, exit Mary's uh, team, etc. So... Same kind of years, and I was just going to say to you, do you remember, remember the good old days when the Scottish Cup final? I don't know if Ralph had moved to England by then, but the good old days of the Scottish Cup final and the English FA Cup final were played at 3 pm on a Saturday. And if it wasn't Celtic right. in it, or it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the Rangers v Aberdeen, so you used to get people who would go to Dumfries to watch the FA Cup final, things like that, because they could get That's both TV signals. I'm like you, the first one I can remember, and I can remember as a kid, was, was uh, 75. It was a wee, a wee mm-hmm. kid, to be fair, to folk, it was really wee. Because uh, it was the last game, he was a Celtic player. And I remember him getting, he was getting held up, the old way he used to put the captain in the shoulders. And he retired after that game in 75. But the first cup final I went to, Scottish cup final, was the 85 one. When Did United were, were a good, good team at the time. And we scored yeah, a, a fantastic free kick. No, I think Gallagher was 88 was that was Kevin Gallagher but 85 yeah, right, scored one each brilliant free kick and then big, big Roy being big Roy he's pointing, pointing to the team charges down the right a brilliant cross and Frank McGarvey just threw a uh-huh. diving header so that was the first cup final I was at that was brilliant I would say that one the centenary one as, as Monty said because double centenary but then obviously Rogic won for the that's got to be up there. I mean, that, that was just something else, isn't it? Last minute, twinkle toes, right foot, and mm-hmm. the celebrations, invincible treble. That's got to be up there, top, top, ah. probably the top, actually. That one. No, the, the, the Roger one, like, especially, like, I remember last Saturday, right, this next to Hamden, but even like walking through my house to, to, to the seat in Hamden, maybe 10 minutes, and me and my daughter get soaked to the skin. Like, it was like bouncing the rain. It was mental the rain that day, the Roger one. And I was at the back, and I, that's, this, this is not a pretty sight, which I wouldn't want to have wished on anybody to see. But I actually had to take my top off and wring it out. It was that wet. 
I mean, all that. But again, it was that clammy kind of end of season. We actually had some decent weather. And I remember being at the top of the Hamden steps, ringing the top out. And then, like, like, when that goal went in, and that was literally one of the hugging, hugging strangers moments. I mean, this, this, this bedlam, sheer bedlam. And then, and then coming so wait, back. You celebrating that treble? No, no, no. No, see, I was coming to that because what, what it was is my wife always picks 2-1 for every game. So it meant my wife got her coupon up that day. So that's why I was really happy. I didn't realise it was ah, a treble right, that day. Okay. <laughs> no, but that was, a, that was another aside because then the Arsenal, I don't know if Arsenal were playing Chelsea or whoever they were playing in the following FA Cup final, because they'd moved the FA Cup final, that ended up being a 2-1-2. So we were at a party after it, when my cousins were celebrating Celtic, and then suddenly realised my wife had got a 2-1 scoreline, that's actual double up. So that was a double celebration during a treble game. There's some mass for you. But no, for me, uh, for me, if you do, I don't know if this will work, I'll try it. If you look, if you look, look behind me, you can kind of see, you see Big Roy and Margaret Thatcher on my wall there, God bless them. So, so I've got I've got Margaret Thatcher. You know? I've got always always keep keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Uh, that's that's the original that's the original sports photograph from that day. I bought that I bought that in honour because that was the last game. That was the last cup final. My my me, my dad, and my brother went to together. My dad would, my dad would die the following year, and then thing me and he he was buried the week of the Joe, and my dad was called Joe, and he was buried the week of the Joe Miller final. And that whole week, I missed this to you guys all day, that whole week when we were planning the funeral with my dad's brother, my uncle Pat, and that, uh, I think the, who I've now got his season book, my uncle Pat's season book, the, we planned it, we had a running bet going the whole week, and then I had a, the, with the winnings, I had the bet on uh, Joe Muller to score the first goal at 14 to 1, so that came in, so I've always, Joe Muller's goal in the Scottish Cup final has always been my favourite Celtic goal. I mean, I loved it. The, the Roger goal was great in that, but Joe Muller's goal in that Scottish Cup final, that is my beloved Celtic moment, standing on the, standing on the steps with my brother and my brother's pal, because my dad couldn't be there, and I Joe scored in that the, the day after my dad's funeral. And then I get back into the bookies, and everybody was, like it was a local tour of Glen bookies, and everybody's kind of making that frowny, sad face, that kind of, oh, unlucky. And I'm kind of happy because I get Joe Muller, the one and Joe Miller, a ten and Joe Miller to score the first goal at fourteen to one, and it turned out a twenty a twenty pound running when Celtic and Liverpool the double at ninety one, and Stuart McCall that wee ginger rat scored with ten seconds to go for Everton, and that beat my bet, and that's what everybody was on. So I've hated Stuart McCall long before he signed for Rangers for nineteen eighty nine. I've hated Stuart McCall, John Aldridge game. So that's my that, that's my favourite Scottish Cup game. But as you say, Hector, I remember. The Bill and Neil one on the TV. I remember watching the Frank McGarvey one lying on the carpet. I mean, they were, it's, it's amazing how big occasions the Scottish Cup final was. Mind you, used to like start at 10 in the morning, the coverage, the, the road to Hamden, you know, that sort of stuff. Whereas now it's like there's a game on the coverage, coverage was always shite, wasn't it? Ours was always shite compared to the English nah, final. Nah, they, they, had, like, they had like helicopters and all over I the country. They had, they had, one guy with a, cam, a camcorder walking about up and down the streets of Glasgow <laughs> talking to people. They, they, had an hour, they, they used to have an hour on just getting the, the suits made for the final, remember? Where we get literally 10 minutes of a guy, a guy off cut. Probably that guy in Toll Cross that met, met Monty that night. I mean, say, say and, it was always, was and it was always a guy with a Tammy, wasn't it? Obviously, a guy with a Tammy was the guy that always got. 
a guy definitely got a guy at a time machine for 30 years ago that you'd never seen at the games. No, that way you'd have just kind of got this guy out the archive. Or they've sent a guy in the, the Hamden Museum and said, put the clays on and pretend you're a football fan. Right, so we're, we're, we're literally at the last minutes, a minute or so here. Uh, Ralph, what, what's yours? I don't even know I don't know if we covered yours. What's your favourite League Cup? I'll ask you just so you get them mixed up again. Uh, this is the thing, I can't tell the difference once. I, I never read the programme, so I don't know what tournament it is. The first one I went to was Selig 6, Hibs 3, with my dad, Uncle Kenny, 73-74, uh, but that was a League Cup final. The other one that sticks in my mind was when we beat Dunfermline just after Jimmy Johnson died, and that was a League, League Cup, Cup final. So I've got no idea. Really get no I don't like Hamden. I try and avoid all the surroundings. I just go in and watch a game, perhaps have a glass of white ale to celebrate and then go home. So I've got no idea. Absolutely none. Oh wait now. The one with John Hartson uh, was offside. What about that one? I remember that one. Because I was sitting level with Hartson when they flagged him offside against Rain. He hit the post in a penalty. I remember that one as well. Was that a League Cup game? Probably, I think that was a League Cup as well, wasn't it? I have okay, no been... idea. That's why I like trebles, because I can get them mixed up and nobody notices. Okay, let me, let me just check. We've got, a couple of, we've got a couple of final pledges. And then in people office. wonder whether the diary's inaccurate. Jesus Christ. Hold on, Ralph, let me just check. So let me just check. We're currently up at £12,384. So thanks, everyone, for the donations. Please try and keep them coming and keep the echoing out. If they're watching this, they'll be asking for their money back. Uh, Exactly, we friends. Uh, I've got a couple. Of, I've got a couple of late pledges. Apparently, Laurie from Denison has had a sponsored big word waffle on Clyde Super Scoreboard this week, and apparently that's generated a small fortune. So well done. And we've got a final, very large donation from our Prince Andrew Windsor. He's made a donation. Uh, we called him to thank him, but he said no sweat. So that's. So that's there's one. There's one. I've had final, final one. A big story. <laughs> yes. One, one from Boris and Matthew in London. They're not sending any money, but they're going to give us a round of applause. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Hector, do you to close up? I'm going to say the final one here. A big shout out to Tam McPipe, who is a fitter and maintenance expert of heat driveways in the Thornton Hall area. So thanks to Tam <laughs> for that. that uh, he's, uh, to be fair to Tam, he's been rolling the, the money for quite a while now. So he's doing all right. But yeah, again, and again, I would let, let's just echo what we said at the very start of the podcast or this our, on this podcast. A big thanks to John Paul. I got it right. Did I get no, I got it wrong again. So Paul John. <laughs> so to Paul John. That's uh, favourite John Box. Yeah, so to Paul, to, to Paul to Paul John Young, to, to, to Paul John Young and everyone at Axel for all the amazing work this weekend and getting us together. Uh, hopefully everyone's uh, appreciating it uh, and then hopefully we can get, get as much money raised as possible. I'm just waiting for John Paul to pop up to see if he's going to play the, the latest charity uh, tribute. Paul John. Paul John. Paul John. Yeah. No, Paul John. John Paul. It'll always be John Paul. <laughs> Let's be honest. As money said, he's just changed that for, for, for marketing purposes. I mean, but, I mean, who's going to christen their way in Paul John? That doesn't even make sense. Let's be honest. Paul Joseph, I, I could understand, but not a Paul John. PJ. I think he went about school called PJ. <laughs> and then they have a pal called Duncan. There's a question. There's a question. I never met more questions. Keep getting questions. Dixie. 
London, London has been in touch to say he'll denote the cost of a few prawns on the barbie at Christmas towards for his cousin's antics. So that's quite good. So we'll just wait and see what happens. I think who have we got coming up next on ours? Uh, it's not coming up and showing at the moment. But again, for for twenty four hours, twenty four hours, a massive achievement uh, to what and a ma- and again a reflection of the true Celtic uh, ethos. Uh, especially in respect of how we've, we've seen the board and various individuals acting recently. So we can only give credit to Paul, John. See, I don't know why you just keep getting it wrong, guys. Quite easy to remember. Just as we're Sorry, just when you mentioned that, just a wee quick shout-out to the Ploughboy CSC over in Philadelphia. When you mentioned the ethos of Celtic, that, that's a squad of fellas and ladies that are you know 100%. Uh, part of the fabric of Celtic, and I know I mentioned them on a on a podcast some while back. I'm looking forward to getting back over there to see them. But um, you know, it'll be a you know, it's an early start for the likes of those, and they go further west even again. But you know, tomorrow there's going to be hundreds of thousands all over the world, hopefully seeing a quadruple treble. So uh, I can see the the St. Rush's guys are probably good to come in behind us. So hopefully Paul John's good to let me go and get my afternoon nap. <laughs> Uh, lovely, yes, yes, lovely. Yeah, and as I said, there's, lo- there's, lo- there's, loads, there's loads out there, especially on Twitter, doing great work, especially when about Christmas time, raising some amount of money. So well done to everyone in the, in the Celtic world, even the, the statisticians okay. that I love so much. Awesome. All right, I think we are good to go. Thanks very much for listening. live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.